This is the Friday, June 23, 2023 version of the market analysis segment from Market to Market. First, the drought sent the market higher, and a forecast for widespread weekend rain sent the trend lower at week's end. For the holiday-shortened week, the nearby wheat contract added 45 cents, while the July corn moved a dime lower. Soy oil fell hard after the release of the RFS on top of some profit-taking in the soy complex. The July soybean contract improved 28 cents, while July meal contracted by 5.70 per ton. July cotton shrank 3.29 per hundredweight. Over in the dairy parlor, July class three milk futures gained a nickel. The livestock market was lower. August cattle cut 95 cents. August feeders dropped 98, and the June lean hog contract posted a dollar 57 move lower. In the currency markets, the U.S. dollar index gained 71 ticks. July crude oil fell $1.57 per barrel. Comex gold slipped 40.90 per ounce. And the Goldman Sachs Commodity Index retreated more than five points to settle at 548.05. Joining us now, regular market analyst Arlen Suderman. How you doing, Arlen? Doing well. Good to be back with you, Paul. I could just have a question sheet with about two words for this week. A week ago, Don Rose sat here and said, things can change quickly in a weather market. Proved him right. Right? Is that what this is all about in, in, yeah. in commodities here? Well, that and the funds in larger position limits. So a few years back, we almost doubled position limits in some cases. And then you throw in the algo computers that trade the momentum. And it reminds me a lot of when Russia invaded Ukraine. And we saw wheat going limit up, limit down, limit up, limit down, back and forth. And the algos are just taking a ride whichever direction it's going that day. And that's really what we're looking at. As long as the crop ratings are in decline, nobody really wants to be short. But we started out with a lot of short covering to give us a rally. And then in corn, they started adding to their long positions. The speculative funds did. Uh, but as soon as we started moving rain forward and forecast, even though we've been here before, uh, they didn't want to take that chance going into the weekend and really took the profits and uh, went home with those profits in their pockets. It, did they learn so quickly from last weekend? Because it was a long, it was that three-day weekend, Monday mm -hmm. threw things off. So you think they learned that quickly? It really did. And, and keep in mind that there's a lot of traders trading this market who don't know what a corn plant looks like. Uh, but they do read charts. They do read momentum. And they are watching the forecasts. And there is a skepticism, but they can't afford to be wrong if the rains do come. If we get to Monday and we see another big drop in the ratings and the weekend rains again disappointed, I anticipate we'll probably take it back the other way again. Let's go to wheat quickly. 6% mm -hmm. um, gain. Uh, is that all about what you already kind of mentioned, the Russia-Ukraine? Well, at first it was following long corn and soybeans. That was, it has kind of come along lately, follow along. Uh, then it seemed to have some other strength to it. Part of it was reports coming out of India this week, about midweek that uh, USDA may be about 10 million metric tons too high with India's production estimate, requiring India to actually do some importing this year. Uh, so that caught their attention. Then you see Russian production estimates start to work down during the week, private estimates. And this is a critical time right now to get some rain in the spring wheat belt of Kazakhstan and Russia. If those rains fail, then I anticipate that'll be more of a story. If the rains come, it's just in time to kind of save their crop. So we'll be watching that this week. But huge short positions in Chicago, and that's really what's been behind the rally. 
Let's go to corn, but I first want to get into a question more about ratings. You like numbers. Uh, John in Iowa asked us this week, he says, given the expanding drought and the declining corn and soybean ratings, how much damage has already been done to yields? And to what degree is that already in the new crop market? Well, this is the big debate that I've been having on Twitter because I'm a former agronomist. I've walked a lot of cornfields and research that I find has basically uh, identified there's three phases where you can really impact yield. And it's really in, in that uh, V5, V6 and up level where you set the maximum ear size. Um, and it, it can get smaller after that, but it can't get bigger after that. And then, of course, pollination is the time we're most sensitive. And most of the crop's pollination this year is going to be in the last third of July, so a little bit later. And, and then it's that grain fill stage we get into August. So now we're in that first phase. Uh, and a lot of people are arguing, oh, no, it's earlier than that. And I say, okay, give me a research study. Give me a link. I'll happy to read it. And nobody has yet. Uh, but the, these new hybrids really impress me. And it's not just the genetics, it's the ability to seed to soil contact. It gives us good uh, root development early, the insecticides, um, just everything we do with technology these days. When I bet against these crops, I'm usually wrong. Now, am I saying there's no damage? No, absolutely not. I think we have enough problem spots that are starting to be affected where the ceiling is being brought down, the ceiling yield is being brought down, that we are starting to be a drag to it. Now, if you look at condition index scores, where we're at now compared to other years that were similar in mid-June, we've had uh, one year that had above trend yields, that was 1992. We've had two years that had near trend yields, and for corn we had two years that were below trend. And so, Anything is still possible, but the, uh, we're starting to drag that ceiling down. We're really running the clock out on when we need rain, is kind yeah. of what you're saying. And, and if you do a scatter plot analysis or regression study, however you want to approach it, it would suggest that right now we're probably in that 5 to 6% below trend level. Some of that can be recaptured or it can go much lower. I know there's a lot of people out there in Twitterville who have us down 15 to 20%. Um, but uh, I wouldn't go there. Maybe in your backyard, so to speak, but not nationally, and that's what matters to the market. I won't, I won't talk about corn old to new crop now. We'll talk about that in plus. But in beans specifically, there was quite the spread this week. How much longer will we have that much of a difference between the two? Yeah, we're starting to roll over to the November contract in some cases, and that's starting to affect that spread. And particularly as we get close to the July going into delivery, um, we're going to see more and more of that. Uh, soybean old crop stocks, I think we're going to see tighten up. I'm looking for a little tighter number on the stocks report. I think USDA may have over-reported the size of last year's crop. It showed up in the March report. I think it'll show up again in the June 30th report. Uh, and I think that we're going to see a little stronger crush in USDA. Now, I think that's going to be partially offset by a little lower export number. So I think we're close, but a little bit tighter there. But the focus is really going to be new crop in its entirety, and things are going to start all pricing off of that pretty quick. Uh, let's get to livestock. I have another question about beans, but again, Market Plus is, I can ask those long rambling ones. Cattle on feed report today. Yes. Um, any surprises for you there? Placements are a little bigger than we yeah. expected. We expected them to be up a couple percent from a year ago because a year ago was an abnormally low year but still about 5.5% below the five-year average. 
They ended up only about 50,000 head below the five-year average, so it came in a little bit stronger. We weren't expecting that. Overall marketings were pretty close to expectations. I would call it modestly weak. We're still tightening supplies. There's no question about that. And the, and the main thing I think on cattle is now Father's Day weekend was kind of the last steak weekend. Fourth of July weekend's kind of a hamburger weekend. Then we get in the dog days of summer. So I think the product demand's gonna soften. We started seeing that in the cold storage report that came out at the end of the week, how we're starting to move down the value chain from beef to pork to poultry. You think that's already starting to happen? I think we're starting to see it. It took longer than I expected, and it's not a major move yet, but we are seeing indications of it now. The cattle market specifically, uh, mm -hmm. are you seeing anything about weights are changing? Uh, has that impacted some of those sales? You know, there was that big issue from south to north about weights. It really was, and uh, we're starting to work through some of that now. I think we're starting to get a little bit more balance in there. We're holding up better than really, I think, anticipated. Um, the, we thought the packers would slow things down, get a little bit better control, but through all this, their margins, their packer margins have held up better than expected. And so we expect this week's slaughter data to come in a little bit higher than what was first anticipated. They're pulling in a few more animals and that's helping support the cash market a little better than anticipated. Hog market finally paused? Or is it trending? Well, Prop 12 is a real problem, trying to sort it all out. I mean, we got the good news that uh, California is going to allow a transition period. As we read it, and then the courts kind of codified it, um, but as we read it, if, as long as you have the pork, the non-compliant pork in hand in the state of California by July 1st, you have until the end of the year to utilize it. So that's got a lot of retailers trying to buy up now. And so that's a drain on pork supplies now, which we saw in the cold storage report. Uh, but then it'll slow down. But we're still trying to figure out, okay, how many, what portion of the hogs compliant, what aren't? There's still a fear of building up pork supplies after July 1 in the other 49 states, so to speak. And south slaughter is high. South slaughter is as high as it was pandemic levels in 2020. We anticipate that's gonna be the case. We're shrinking the breeding herd, just like what we're doing in the cattle herd. Always something, isn't it? Mm -hmm. All right, Arlen, good to see you. Thank you so much. Thank you. That's gonna do it here for our analysis. As we pause for a moment, we'll continue our discussion about these markets and answer your questions in Market Plus. You can find both analysis and plus on our website of markettomarket.org. These resources are free. The podcast platter has three options from us here, the Market Analysis, the Market Plus, and the MTOM. Follow today to keep up to date in rural America. Next week, we explore new shipping routes through the Great Lakes. Thank you so much for watching and have a great week.